Hello and welcome to the Rebel Chronicles, the show giving you little snippets of radical history. Uh, my name's Paul Case. Um, so in my last episode, we talked a bit about the Russian radical terrorist organisation, the People's Will, and their assassination of Tsar Alexander II in 1881. This time I want to talk about a guy connected to this group, who turned out to be one of the most notorious figures in 19th century radical history. Uh, Sergei Natchev was born in 1847 in the city of Ivanovo, which is around 250 kilometers from Moscow. His family were from serf origin, but the serfs during the early 18th century experienced several waves of reforms that slowly emancipated them from their enforced servile status. So by the time Natchev was born, both his parents worked and there were more opportunities available to someone of his background. Uh, at 18, he uh, enrolled in the St. Petersburg State University, where he got his first taste of radicalism with the student movement of the time. They studied the works of Philippe Bionarotti, an Italian radical and veteran of the French Revolution, who supported the idea of secret societies to foment discontent in the masses. As we shall see, Nechev was thoroughly inspired by the notion of secret conspiratorial groups. Um, in 1869, Nechev, only in his early 20s at this point, wrote his infamous manifesto, Catechism of a Revolutionary. It's here that Nechev's militancy, single-mindedness and propensity for violence is first fully expounded. Uh, it's also a little bit disturbing. Um, divided into four parts and structured in blunt bullet points, Nechev outlines what he expects from the revolutionary person's character, an individual who has no cause or interest except for the total destruction of the state. Nechev writes, He has no personal interests, no business affairs, no emotions, no attachments, no property and no name. Everything in him is wholly absorbed in the single thought and the single passion for revolution. Uh, he continues, striving towards this end, he must be prepared to destroy himself and destroy with his own hands everything that stands in the path of revolution. As you can see, there's no real sentiment in Nechev's philosophy. Uh, indeed, he directly states that such emotional attachments should be rejected outright, and every decision in relationship should be coldly calculated in order to step closer towards revolution. The revolutionary is not really a person in Nechev's world. He is an embodiment of revolutionary ideas and actions. Nechev as a person was a dangerous combination of philosophically extreme, highly intelligent, very handsome and charismatic. He had all the makings of a cult leader and, as we shall see, Nechev used his qualities to pernicious effect. In March 1869, he visited Geneva and met Mikhail Bakunin. By this time, Bakunin was 55. Born to a Russian aristocracy that he turned his back on, he was an impassioned extrovert, cutting a gargantuan figure who, to make a long story short, had fled imprisonment in Siberia in 1861 and ended up in Geneva. He was the author of countless pamphlets and books and is considered one of the founding fathers of anarcho-communism. 
By this time in 1869, he had an assured place in history as one of the leading anarchist thinkers of his day. Nechev and Bakunin struck up a friendship, and through daily discussion of their ideas, they found an awful lot of ideological common ground. Bakunin was impressed by this devoted, intense young radical. And while Bakunin's incredibly adventurous life had put him in touch with many aspects of Russian society, he had been out of touch with the radical youth movement, and here it was, deadly serious and bloody-minded. Bakunin found all this remarkable. He wrote to fellow anarchist James Gaon, I have here with me one of those young fanatics who know no doubts, who fear nothing, and who realise that many of them will perish at the hands of the government, but who nevertheless have decided that they will not relent until the people rise. They are magnificent, these young fanatics, believers without God, heroes without rhetoric. It's clear that the ageing ex-aristocrat found Nechev's peasant credentials particularly impressive, as did other radical exiles he's met, since they were mainly drawn from the educated, disaffected bourgeoisie. Nechev claimed to be a member of the Secret Revolutionary Committee, which was hell-bent on the destruction of the state, and told Bakunin that Russia was on the verge of a popular revolution controlled by this group. Bakunin enthusiastically allied himself to the committee, and the pair spent the following month outlining strategies. Throughout this time, Nechev gave no solid details of the organisation, only that it was a powerful force, and that he wanted Bakunin's approval and counsel. Bakunin pledged that he would help in any way he could. In fact, the secret revolutionary committee never truly existed. In September 1869, Nechev returned to Moscow, where he founded the secretive militant revolutionary cell People's Retribution. By this time, catechism of a revolutionary had become influential, and this, coupled with Nechev's twisting of the truth and saying that the famous Bakunin was essentially head of the People's Retribution, he did not find it hard to accrue followers. The People's Retribution was led by Nechev with rigid authoritarian discipline. Members were expected to fit the mould of the ideal revolutionary outlined in Catechism of a Revolutionary and completely submit themselves to Nechev's forceful will. When one of the members, Ivanov, questioned Nechev's methods, Nechev decided to eliminate this dissenter. He persuaded some other members of the People's Retribution that they should each have a hand in the murder binding them in guilt to ensure Nechev's authority over them. In November 1869, they killed Ivanov, strangled and shot him, and dumped his body unceremoniously in a frozen lake, weighing him down with stones. Before the body could be discovered, Nechev hot-footed it back to Switzerland and to Bakunin. Over the coming months, Bakunin began to have serious doubts about this young man and his methods, and whether Nechev's secret organisation even really existed. Over the coming months, their friendship went downhill, but Bakunin found it difficult to let go. In June 1870, Bakunin wrote a long and detailed letter to Nechev outlining all his issues with him. While he praised Nechev's devotion, he told him he was more akin to a religious fanatic than anything else, 
and also nails him on his useful on his useful inexperience and lack of worldly knowledge. He wrote, Yes, dear friend, you are not a materialist like us sinners, but an idealist, a prophet, like a monk of revolution. According to your way of thinking, you are nearer to the Jesuits than us. You are a fanatic. This is your enormous and peculiar strength, but at the same time, this is your blindness, and blindness is a great and fatal weakness. Blind energy errs and stumbles, and the more powerful it is, the more inevitable and serious are the blunders. You suffer from an enormous lack of critical sense, without which it is impossible to evaluate people and situations, and to reconcile means with ends. The letter makes Bakunin's heartbreak and shattered pride palpable, and also articulates the complexity of the personal and ideological fallout. Politically, there are odds. While Nietzsche favoured strict regimental discipline to form a kind of cultish uniformity, Bakunin thought this kind of authoritarianism counterintuitive. No freedom could come of it, and it would simply create dictators rather than depose them. Bakunin believed strongly that the natural will of the people could overthrow the state and create a free society, and that a secret organisation was only required to mediate between the masses and revolutionary theory. It's difficult to bridge Nechev's nihilism and Bakunin's unbridled positivity. In spite of this, Bakunin still thought he could potentially save the promising young man from this twisted path. Nechev, however, obviously not one to take criticism very well, completely rejected Bakunin's views. He thought that Bakunin was over the hill and no longer a serious revolutionary worthy of respect. He went for a brief sojourn to London. Meanwhile, the Swiss government had been requested of Russia to arrest him for the murder of Ivanov. On Nechev's return, he was arrested and extradited to Russia and in 1873 he was sentenced to 20 years imprisonment in the fearsome Peter and Paul fortress. On hearing the news, Bakunin said, I pity him deeply. He will perish like a hero, and this time he will betray nothing and no one. Such is my belief. We shall see if I'm right. Given the exposure of the murder, Nechev's philosophy um, lost its sway over Russian radicals. However, while he was in prison, he was in contact with the People's Will, as we mentioned, the radical group who assassinated Tsar Alexander II. They planned to break Nechev out of prison, but they agreed to wait until after the assassination, which resulted in the arrests of the People's Will and the newly energised repression of radical groups and inevitably resulted in Nechev not getting out of prison. Impressively, though, Nechev stuck to his guns. When he was approached by the Russian secret police to become a spy, Nechev punched the messenger in the face. After this, he was put in solitary confinement and chained to a wall. He died in 1882 of a deadly combination of consumption and scurvy. At this time only in his mid-thirties. Throughout all this time, as Bakunin predicted, he betrayed nothing and no one. 
Thank you for listening to the Rebel Chronicles. My name's Paul Case. As usual, any moaning or complaining or corrections can be sent to Captain of the Rant at riseup.net. Um, I was thinking about the song to play out with, um, and this is a song that actually reminds me of uh, Netchev, and I think it uh, articulates his personality very well. So the song I'll play out with today is um, Vessel in Vain by Smog. Thanks. responsible for the things I say for I am just a vessel in vain responsible for the things I see for I am just a vessel in vain no boat out